Ooh, this is AOK Radio, your go-to place for a little escape. Inner child, current child, adults, come on down for an easy listen. This is I Escape signing off. Whoever and wherever you are, welcome. The escape begins right now. What's up, AOK Radio, signing on. So here we are, on the last world of the first ring of two in the game. And might I say, just like the others, it's a banger. Oh yeah. But before I dive into Herc's world, there is a sad reality I wanted to bring up from uh, last episode's world, The Deep Jungle. And like I said before, The Deep Jungle is a favorite of mine. It is severely... Uh, it's what's the word? It's severely, I wouldn't say unappreciated in a way it is, but that's not the word I was going for underrated. There we go. It's severely underrated. But, um, when I was looking up facts of this world last episode on Wikipedia, there was a note I, I forgot to mention. And, um, I'll get to that here in a second. But like I said, this is a world we never really get to see return in the series due to Disney losing the rights to use, uh, Tarzan again. And I know I don't, I'm not sure why they never just tried renewing it. Maybe the original um, owner of the rights didn't wish them to. I don't know. Um, it's possible that Disney just didn't really think they needed to renew it because, I mean, yeah, Tarzan has the sequel story, but that is, um, I mean, that's a prequel. And although at the same time too, when you have uh, games. Uh, game worlds like uh, Hercules and then Aladdin and you know Aladdin's world has been I mean these these two have been staples in the series and Hercules wasn't really th- that wasn't really based off the movie except until like 2 and 3 Kingdom Hearts 2 and 3 and they were t- like 3 was closer to the movie than 2 was 2 kind of borrowed a little bit of uh, stuff, but it was really an original story, honestly. And then with Aladdin, you know, the first iteration in, in Kingdom Hearts one was based off of the first movie, and then in two, um, it was loosely based off the sequel uh, movie. So clearly, if they really wanted to, they could have done uh, Deep Jungle the same way but i know deep jungle is another one of those uh controversial worlds like wonderland but then again wonderland got a lot of iterations too so yeah i think tarzan's world definitely would have returned if we didn't have that rights issue and it's uh, such a shame because i know it would have been really good i would have loved to see it appear again in three like just imagine going through this huge jungle they probably wouldn't have because it probably would have been too similar to tangled uh the kingdom of corona world but you never know. So this was what I wanted to talk about um, with Deep Jungle. So when I was looking up facts about this world in the last episode on Wikipedia, or KH Wiki, I should say, um, what I meant for I forgot, yeah, excuse me. What I forgot to mention last time was Deep Jungle is not even referenced in Channel Memories, even though the plans were actually to originally, originally, meh. My tongue is like all over the place. That's what she said. Uh, include it. And 
it stands to reason that due to the events of Chain of Memories, you know, they kind of use this to their, uh, what's that, I guess use it to their, I guess, disadvantage because they lost the rights to Tarzan, but they pretty much were able to still write it away as to why Sora and the gang never returned is because due to the events of Chain of Memories, Sora and the gang unfortunately forget their adventures with Tarzan completely. One of the only memories that they never regain. And I just think that is that is sad. Like you literally forget your friends. And while Tarzan was really the only, um, I guess the closest friend he had, they had in that world. I mean, yeah, you can include Turk and um, Jane to a degree, but Tarzan was like the meat of that world as far as uh, the relationship between them goes. Like the 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 end of the level is Tarzan saying Sora Tarzan friends and he just totally disregards Stoner to Goofy because why not <laughs> but it's just sad thinking about that like that's pretty much what happens because it's never I mean they can't reference Tarzan at all because of legal reasons but if they really wanted to they could have still alluded to like hey you guys remember that that jungle world we went to what was it called like they don't reference anything at all but Chain of Memories, you know, it it's it's sad thinking about it, but that it makes perfect sense. Um, being Chain of Memories was pretty much like Nominee, you, you dropped the ball. <laughs> like we can blame technically, as far as the story goes, we can blame Nominee for dropping the ball on this. She she <laughs> what is it? What's it's like that um oh shoot, what is that? Uh Brooks. Uh what is his name? Mel Brooks, it's like that Mel Brooks movie <laughs> where he, he's like as Moses and he comes down with three tablets for the, he says, if I, I what did he say? He says, uh, God has given me to share with you all 15 and then he immediately drops one of the tablets. It just completely is destroyed. The 10 commandments. <laughs> it was the funniest thing I've seen ever in that type of genre of parody it was, it was just so amazing like the, the <laughs> uh, it, whenever you get the chance to look it up uh, mel brooks the 15 commandments he just has three tablets it immediately drops and he just catches it like he just bounces back immediately 15 10 commandments it was just i feel like nominated did that she like had all the chain of memories she's about to give it back to sword and then she just drops one and it's like oh oh Okay, 95% is not bad. That's still an A. It's not an A+, plus, but it's an A. That's passing. That's far good enough. But anyway, yeah, nominee dropped the ball. We can all blame her for all this. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a sad thing. Hopefully one day we can see this return. It's highly unlikely, but you never know. They Disney loves doing remakes and you know, eventually they may do, they may want to do a live action Tarzan. I know there was one a couple years ago by someone and I don't know how well it did, but you never know. Disney can usually hit out of the park, even if it is controversial. So yeah. All right. So it's, it's actually too crazy to think about that. Possibly reasoning that not even Tarzan and the others remember them either, because since people connected to Sora were forgotten, were f well, they for they were forgetting him too, only to be remembered again during uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 when the majority of the memories were restored. 
uh, Leon and the gang reference this in Hollow Bastion when they uh, re- reunite with them. And oof, it's just, I just can't get over that. But um, I mean, they did Maleficent, they did Cruella, or they're doing Cruella right now, I should say. I believe it's going to come out soon. So, I mean, why not? They're hitting like, they're doing a lot of different things. And in the animated series, for instance, um, they showed that Clayton had a uh, sister. And, you know, one good, really cool thing they could do is imagine if they did a remake that was surrounding Clayton's point of view. I think that'd be really cool because look at what they're doing. Like I said, they're they're kind of focusing more on uh, the villain side of things and kind of humanizing them a bit more. And... I, I think it would it would be really cool to see a, a more humanized Clayton and especially seeing why he wanted to hunt the gorillas more. You know, they could really flip it on his head and maybe even give him a tragic backstory as to why he maybe um I guess I, I guess I wouldn't say he dislikes the gorillas. He just really wants to just hunt them, you know, make them more of a human than just yes, I want <laughs> I want gorilla shoes, I want gorilla pants, gorilla underwear, you know, just instead of things like that. I think that'd be really cool. A really awesome opportunity. And like I said, the animated series showed he had a sister. He actually, she actually came in and wanted to enact revenge on Tarzan uh, and tried to poison him. And that was a really cool episode. But I think that would be a cool aspect to bring into the animated, uh, into the live action series too. you know, bring them both together. Um, so anyway, I love Tarzan. It sucks. He never came back. It's slim that they ever will, but you never know. So, <laughs> 10 minutes in we go to olympus coliseum now <laughs> hey we're talking about kingdom hearts still so that's the important thing right um might i say olympus coliseum is i believe the world that appears the most throughout the kh series and for good reason i mean shoot the the coliseum is iconic and who doesn't enjoy the tournaments i mean it's it's great riches you get from it too i mean i still hurt from the Colosseum part not really being in KH3. I think that really, really hurt uh, KH3. It's just, you know, uh, I think I think I liked one the most as far as the tournaments went, but either way, I think it just would have been really cool even if they added like a boss rush or something new to the tournament, something that would make three stand out more, maybe giving them maybe just, just bigger arenas. I mean, you would have to if you did the boss rush because a lot of, I mean, all the bosses in the game are huge. So, yeah, I guess that would make sense. And not making it exclusively that, but making it at least a new addition to the tournament in general, I think would be a really cool opportunity. And going off of khwiki.com as well, KH has appeared in, oh, wait a minute, the Coliseum, I should say, has appeared in one, Chain of Memories, uh, multiple days by multiple days, aka three five eight over two days. BBS coded three melody of memory, which the only outing we haven't visited honestly was DDD and three. So yeah, I, I would say definitely that's because let's see, because we don't have Aladdin and BBS because it's Aladdin and Hercules are definitely like up there as far as the most visited worlds. As far as Disney worlds are um, shown, so yeah, I think it. I think it has the cake, but I mean, 
with DDD, it makes sense why I didn't appear there for lore reasons. And I've played all these games too, so this is just a refresher for me. My favorite version, honestly, would have to be uh, one uh, the t- with the tournament. Uh, three. Oh man. <laughs> See, I'm I'm goofing here. I um, cause oh wait, I'm thinking of the Olympus Coliseum Worlds, not the Coliseum. Cause I'm going off my script here. And I'm like, wait, there wasn't a Coliseum in three. <laughs> okay, something of the Olympus Worlds in general. Okay, so as a whole, my favorite would be one, just because it's just the classic. Um, and then three would be next, and then two after that. And coded actually in that order, and I know, I know, coded. Oof. But um, since coded will be one of the few games I don't plan to do a deep dive of unless it's requested, I will say it here. I actually thought the gameplay and change of pace coded did for the Coliseum was actually really cool. I mean, it's the only game in the series where Cloud is actually a party member with health and all that. I mean, you go through a labyrinth, uh, turn-based combat, like classic FF. It, it was very interesting. I remember having a fun time with it. And it was actually very challenging. Coded was actually, or recoded, I mean, was actually, was very, very um, difficult for me for some reason. Maybe it was because I just didn't level up properly. I don't remember. I only played it, like, once. And that and Chain of Memories are the games I rage quit. So those are the only games in this series I haven't actually beaten. <laughs> I want to go back to them eventually, but yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, that's another thing too is, I mean, like I said, this is obviously my opinion, but when it comes to the inclusions of the of, of this world, of Olympus in general, um, with 1, 3, 2, and Coded in, in, in general, I'm basing it off of the overall experience, not what all was included in these games, because obviously 3 had the most spacious environments and all that stuff. Uh, the, I wouldn't say the coolest boss battles. I mean, the final one was, I mean, the Rock Titan and the Rock Titans, or just the Titans in general at, at the end was like, mwah. Because um, obviously if I, if I did it that way, three would be the top. But that's why three is second, because it's like close. But for me, one was my favorite inclusion, even though it's the simplest. But I just have a close... I just closed what <laughs> I just have a really close bond with one that just ah uh, it just can't be it just can't beat it for me but anyway so interesting enough only deep jungle Atlantica Monstro and Neverland worlds have uh, little dialogues before landing uh, I think it would have been kind of cool seeing what the characters thought of each world before landing but if anything, it makes those worlds where it does happen all the more unique. So either way, it's a win. Uh, this world is definitely unique despite that. I mean, they it's being a world where you meet Hercules, Phil, Hades, Cloud Strife himself, uh, Mr. Mood, Mr. Brood, Mr. Big Sword himself. Um, the original, I mean, he is the original overall J, JRPG protagonist himself so he's he is literally the cool and the design the design here is actually really slick and being the smallest world in the game the gladiators with their swords crossed uh towering above us the music the endless sand desert outside it just somehow gives me that i want to see what else is out there and it made its sequel inclusions all the more hype because 
in two, you have that same Colosseum, but then when you exit out of those door, doors that originally took you to the world map, you know, you that was it. In two, you get to go to the underworld that time around. And while this Colosseum is nowhere to be found in three, and unfortunately you don't get to go into the underworld again after two, it's great that in three you get to just go from what is it, Thebes? You have to go from, from Thebes all the way to Olympus itself, which I mentioned this before in previous episodes, but how did we get into Olympus? Because lore dictates only immortals can go up there, but yeah, that's neither here nor there. I guess you can say, since we're from... Oh, yeah, that wait, no. I was going to say, since we're from another world, I think they did say at one point that the world's rules don't always apply, but they applied when they were in the underworld but don't apply when they're in olympus itself but hey i mean it's it's interesting but it's i, I like that dynamic where it sometimes can you, i like that sometimes they have to follow the rules there or other times they can it can be bypassed somehow but i, I just thought it'd be kind of funny if <laughs> if king of hearts 3 it wouldn't make sense Especially after Sora and the gang helped save the day, but I can imagine um, Zeus looking at Donald, Sora, and Goofy, sizing them up, and says, "Hmm, I know you guys helped, but you're not—you guys aren't immortal. You guys aren't gods, are you?" And they're like, uh, "No, but we're heroes." And then Goofy's like, "We're three half pints," and they just get kicked out of Olympus. And like, it's like. Uh, what is it? It's called, it's like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air when uh, Uncle Phil always threw out jazz. <laughs> it's like ah, he just they just fly out of Olympus and they fall into the camera and then pff, black screen. It it would almost be like how Deep Jungle ended with uh Kerjack throwing Sora. That'd be kind of funny. Alternate takes like this would be great, like seeing how it was in uh, Bugs Life. How they had those alternate scenes that showed you like, oh, everyone's an actor and they're just, oh, these are a bunch of bloopers. I thought that'd be a fun, a fun blooper to have. But anyway, it's with that. Let's see. Let's see. What else do we have here? So, yeah, I mean, one is a simple addition, but it's a classic. And I, I gotta say, why are there never any crowds of people in the audience seating? I get why during certain boss fights and although... That would have been hilarious seeing these folks running around like crazy during like the Cerberus or the uh, Ice Titan fight. Um, you know, when the whole arena is your arena. But when you're just in that square and there's barry, uh, there's a barricade, you know, that in- invisible magical wall, or whatever. Why are there never anybody there? And in and, and, and two, I'm going to mention this again. And when we get the two, so I'm going to forget that I mentioned it here. There are people cheering Hercules like literally in the cutscene they're like Hercules Hercules and he's oh, he's not looking up into Olympus he's looking out into the crowd like straight ahead of him and there's nobody there what is going on? are these people invisible what why, why are they invisible what's what what, how, what is going on I don't get it why is it was it really that hard to just put some sprites at, at the very least some silhouettes man really so anyway um, I always thought, I mean, I used to think it is Olympus Coliseum. It's called Olympus Coliseum. So is this only a tournament that the gods can watch? But that still doesn't ex- make sense why Hercules is not looking up and saying, hey. But I just don't get it. Because, you know, you got the sports games that have been doing it since 
went forever. Jack 2 did it. I mean, sheesh. But yeah, I mean, different engines and, and all that, different companies, but come on, man. So anyway, finally getting to the story. <laughs> 20 minutes in. Uh, okay, so you... Let's see. When you get into the vestibule, you see the man, the myth, the legend himself, the hero trainer himself, Phil, as he's getting things uh, spruced up for the games, as he says. Uh, you try to talk to him, and he automatically assumes it's Herc and asks you to move his this huge block out of the room that's bigger than Sword, Donut, and Goofy uh, combined. When this first happened, I was so confused. I mean, back in my nine-year-old head, I was thinking, uh, maybe I'm supposed to just wait for Herc to get here. Maybe I, it's one of those, maybe it was one of those cutscenes that just tells you that, yeah, you're not supposed to be in this world yet. Go, go elsewhere. Uh, so I left, uh, leveled up a little bit more in Traverse Town and whatnot. Maybe it was, you know, I thought maybe I just needed to be a higher level or something. And then when I went to school, like the next day, some buddies of mine enlightened me. Uh, They said something like along the lines of, no, you just got to try moving yourself until uh, Sora says he can't move it or it weighs a ton or something like that. And uh, I miss those days. Well, like 5% of the school days, which was just talking to other people about games and stuff with the other kids and, and drawing class. Drawing class was usually fun. But when you do this and you talk to Phil... He's still caught lacking. He's like, too heavy? Since when have you been such a little... Oh, wrong guy. I mean, dude, what, what, what was he about to call Herc? But he immediately is such a trash host to Sora in them. So aggressive and easily easy to, to, to dismiss. It's like, whoa. So he says things like, run along, pipsqueak, and heroes only. Like, he's getting aggressive. Like, he's just running up on him. Like, he's about to just go, go hard on him. Like, beat him up himself. And then you realize he's like a foot tall with a belly bigger than every other part of his body. <laughs> and like, string being legs. Uh, but I I did enjoy this though because it's not exactly the same treatment Herc got or Herc got in the movies, but just like he was reluctant to train Herc mostly due to the whole Achilles uh, deal, but he is also reluctant and refuses to even bat an eye at these guys until they mysteriously get a hero's pass from the, from, excuse me, from one of James Wood's best alter egos, Hades. Um, it was cool, though, how Donald and Goofy stepped in. You know, they're defending the fact that they are heroes. They may not look like much, but, dude, they're heroes. And then, you know, Goofy, uh, he says, yeah, dude, Sora's the Keyblade Master. Like, he says this like Phil's supposed to know what that means. <laughs> and Phil just literally laughs in their faces and just calls Sora, <laughs> what, that runt? And I'm just like... Oh man, Phil, you're you're really really lacking right now. Cause, do you not remember how Herc looked when he first approached you? <laughs> I mean, at best, he was just a little taller than Sora. If you remember, um, and even if we're even if we're going by the BBS, um, I don't know how it exactly worked. Like, what all is what all actually happened? between the movies and what's actually used in the storyline of uh, KH. But 
obviously Herc had proven himself to uh, Phil and Achilles is referenced in three. So obviously there's, you know, connections, more connections now uh, uh, than before of what could have happened. I still think Herc probably proved himself the same way he did in the movie. But seriously, Herc was, he's at best, he was literally maybe, maybe a foot taller than Sora, if even. He was probably as tall as Goofy, honestly. But anyway, granted, yeah, if, if it's so, I mean, Herc did a good job of proving himself. Like, he literally threw a huge rock or some sort of giant debris into the distance. Like, you couldn't even see anymore. He, he team rocket, rocketed that thing, just bing, you know, just disappeared and sparkled into the distance. And, you know, that definitely helped out a lot. Um, kind of surprised Sora didn't flock his Keyblade, though. But then again, Sora isn't really that type of guy. He never really gets cocky, at least not a lot. But I think that would have been good, you know, just to kind of say, like, hey, this is a Keyblade, and I know how to use it. Like, just saying, I've fought a bunch of monsters. It's like, I can, you know, Phil is a hard guy to uh, impress. So I, I did like how they handled that here. And then... Phil just continues to be a bad host and just not really make himself out to look good. Uh, he actually tries to move the block himself. Like, if you can't even move this, and he's just going in, trying to, he's just struggling. It. Like, he tries to push it. Then he tries to push it with his back, with his legs, and he's just out of breath. He just really sells. He just really sells the type of character he is. I mean, that was good, though. It, it really felt like the same character from the movie and, and the cartoon series. I, I really appreciate that, that I don't feel, excluding like some small cases, um, these Disney versions, these KH Disney versions of these characters definitely felt like the originals. Like I really felt like if they took these characters and put them in these games, this is exactly how they would be and honestly for me these may be alternate versions of them because obviously the stories don't always fall into the same uh way that the originals did but i can safely say yeah these are definitely the same characters minus a few differences in how the story goes so Phil continues to explain how heroes from all over are going to come and compete, yet we don't really see that happen. I mean, it would have been fun to fight some regular armored gladiator types in between the Heartless fights. I mean, yeah, we, we get Cloud, Leon, Yuffie, and Herc, but with all that buildup Phil was saying, it just felt like it wasn't really what he... It, it didn't feel like it was matching the build-up he was giving for it but i don't know i mean it's still it's still awesome regardless i don't have any major complaints with it but either way i think it's pretty phenomenal and next up i remember we have the preliminaries and i think it was actually pretty cool so i remember the first time i did it though i i i had i was i was super stressed out I was very, very, very stressed out because I hate time trials. I hate every kind of time trials. Whenever there's a time limit to something, I sweat bullets. <laughs> Even if it's easy, I'm just like, okay, okay, I need to finish this right now. I just, I start flipping wigs. So 
there's two sides of the preliminaries. You have the one where uh, Phil is just like, all right, I couldn't move that border, but we're going to roll past that. Or not border. I couldn't move that block. We're going to roll past that. Let's see what you can do. You know, he just flips the table. Um, not literally. That'd be cool. I would love to see Phil just flip a table enraged. <laughs> would have been awesome. Like, imagine him trying, you know, he fails at the block and he just flips a table just to show I'm strong, even though flipping a table wouldn't be much. Unless it was mahogany. If it was mahogany, that'd be a different story. Or just, or maybe just a stone table. But anyway. Uh, the preliminaries here, I noticed that, um, I believe in the final mix version, you get this attack where it's kind of like a, a swing and a twist attack. I remember I had to take that move off. Otherwise, I struggled with hitting the barrels, hitting all the barrels on these different platforms within the time limit. Because there's two uh, sets. Um, one where it's just like, you, you know, you go up uh, two levels, then you make a left and go all the way up, and then you have to hit the one, the second and last one, just right so it catapults into the final one. Or you could just hit hit it with flames, which takes a little longer. And then the other one is where the barrels are pretty much everywhere. And, yeah, I remember when I first played that, I failed a couple times. But, I mean, obviously, who hasn't failed a bunch when they first played this game? I had trouble with, um, obviously, with Leon. I had trouble with the prelim preliminaries. Uh, but now... You know, I, I, I know the game in and out, so it's like I can I never really have much of a struggle anymore, which is crazy just thinking about. I love the memories making seeing, you know, where you started compared to now. I just so great. So Sora knocks these out of the park, obviously, and he's feeling himself. He's feeling real good. And he's just like heads behind hands behind his head in the classic, you know, relaxed, the classic anime trope fashion. <laughs> looks like we're heading to the games. And Phil having a weird thing where he says, you know, kid, I got two words for you. You guys ain't heroes. And you even see Goofy counting his fingers like, how many words did he say? That Those weren't two. I, I like how they kept that as a staple for Phil. Like he, he always says like, I got two words. I got five words. And it's like always more or less. It's never that exact number. And <laughs> what was it? It was like. I think the official quote he said was, Kid, I got two words for you. Attack. <laughs> Phil, do you know how to spell? It doesn't sound like you do. Attack is one word, buddy. <laughs> but I thought that was really funny. I, I, I like those little scenes that they put in one. I, honestly, uh, one and three are by far the funniest games <laughs> with these moments in the series. But it's just so crazy. Like Phil puts us through all of this. And even though, like to us, you know, we, we did everything within the time limit. Otherwise, we fail and have to start over. And we obviously succeeded, but we somehow failed at impressing him. And we have no choice but to leave. So something that would have been funny, I think, is if at the end of the preliminaries, we had to fight him. You know, like, <laughs> I have two different versions of this. Like, at first, it's a joke, like a one hit, and he's out. But then after a few rounds, he's he comes back, and he's bigger. Like, he, you can see him. <laughs> I just thought about this one part. Like, you see him on the side, and he's like, as you're going through the other match, you see him on the side just, like, training. Like, he's doing push-ups and sit-ups and jumping jacks and all this stuff. In each match, you just see him getting bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> Like he's just drinking protein shakes or just something in between each set. 
And each time he keeps coming back and he just keeps getting harder to beat. And I don't know why, but thinking about that just made me laugh. Or maybe even like, maybe not in the preliminaries, but it like each each cup he just keeps coming back bigger and stronger and you ask him like how are you able to, how are you able to keep competing he's like dude i i'm i'm the coach i'm the orchestrator of these of course i can keep coming back i just that would be phenomenal i really wish that would have been a thing but uh or even if he was just able to hold his own i think that would have been really funny but i mean being a trainer it would stand a reason you would be able to use or at least know of enough techniques that you could use or even um my, uh, what's it called Ma- moderate moderate not moderate um not manipulate you can alter i guess not the right word i was thinking of but close enough you could alter the techniques to use in your own way that fits your body type and all that but i don't know um, either way, before he sends us off, we do get a new magic attack from uh, one of my favorites, Thunder. So it wasn't all for nothing, fortunately. Um, I do love how none of the trio question the fact, too, that this random blue guy with a flaming head approaches them outside. And he's just like, hey, he's that, uh, that, that guy is rather a stubborn old goat, wouldn't you think? And he's like, hey, hey, don't. It's okay, guys. I'm, I'm here. I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you, little shorty. And just gives you the ticket. The hero pass. And he just walks away. And they're just like, huh. Seems like a good deal to me. We got our first fan, right? <laughs> I, I think that would have been funny, too. If, if like, Donald or Goofy was like, hey, we got our first fan. Or something like that. And, uh, I don't know. Every time I, th- I see that hero pass, I think of the golden ticket from uh i don't know why i think of the golden ticket from charlie and the chocolate factory and the and the and the song comes to my head you got a golden ticket i don't know why it just always every stinking time and then i think of family guy when peter is running home with his ticket and he falls and skids his knee i just imagine sore doing that where he slips and or he like trips into the vestibule and just skids his knees like ah He just keeps doing that. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, we give the hero pass to Phil, and he's like, huh. All right, you got it. Here we go. I guess you're. All right, let's the, let's start the real prelim, preliminaries then. And then, you know, we weed out the people who aren't going to cut it. And then the real tournament, the real cups begin. And it makes me wonder how do you even get a hero pass? Is it like a ticket? Do you have to go somewhere to get it? Do you. You obviously must not go through Phil because how else? I mean, I'm pretty sure you would have questioned more. Like, how did you get this if we went through him specifically? I'm guessing it's probably just a ticket thing. You just go out to Thebes or whatever and just buy it. But I don't know. And it's kind of funny thinking about it now because when you look at, like, uh, BBS where, you know, the Coliseum is there as it is. But then when you go out that door that, you know, looks like desert in Kingdom Hearts 1 once you go down there you you know in bbs you see this the whole city down there but i mean that is a 10 year span but i mean it'd be kind of weird if out of nowhere the you know the whole thebes just disappeared and is all desert unless some kind of crazy catastrophic thing happened but you know it's a it's a small retcon it's a game who's really going to look into that and say oh, that's a major plot hole and it's not it's just a 
it's just a redesign. So anyway, um, between each round, Phil offers some advice. He actually starts acting like a nice person, but he still has kind of that cold shoulder, kind of that type of deal where you don't really have his respect just yet, but you'll get it. You'll get it. He's giving you the tough love right now, hard to get, but you you, you got your foot's in the door. That's the important thing. You just got to worm your way through that doorway in your home doorway in your home free. Then you got cloud walking and strutting his stuff and just oozing intimidation and the drip. But at one point, Phil talks about how he misses Herc was here, you know, stating that he was off visiting his father. I'm very I'm actually at this point very surprised Phil wasn't all like yeah, I'm training a demigod right now. You're lucky. I even have time to train with you. I'm really surprised he didn't really rub that in his face because that is definitely a fill move right there. And it also could be a training tactic to make you want to train harder and prove yourself that you are worthy of his time and not, you know, just because you may not be a, a whole demigod like Herc is, but hey, you can still... Uh, you can still make the mark, but at this point, Phil already can tell, like, yeah, that dude's going to be some trouble. Keep an eye on him. And then we, uh, uh, as we progress a little further, we see Hades talking to Cloud in the, in the, in the dark, in this dark, shady, sketchy part of the Colosseum, telling him, you have to take down Sora and then how it's along the way to take down her, you know, the real target. You know, two birds, one stone. Hades is doing some five-head stuff here. But also a bad guy cliche, 101. Never getting his hands dirty until it's too late. I mean, dude, if he fought Sora, Donna, and Goofy alongside Cloud, maybe even Cerberus as a backup or even the main frontal attack and their support, the trio at this point I don't think could have handled it all. I mean, even if Hades, uh, even if uh, Hercules stepped in. But it's a classic cliche. They underestimate their opponent. That's why all the bad guys, it's always that in the monologuing. But either way, it's interesting how Cloud gives off this uh, bounty hunter vibe here. You know, it's also funny how it, Hades, of course, in this game. Oh, wait. Ah, wait, 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 wait. There we go. I, I lost my foot, uh, my place there. It's funny how Hades actually never really learns from his mistakes. As we see in BBS 2 and even 3, it's just like, what a dummy he just he tries and just does the same thing i mean he he kind of gets a little smarter in three he find you know he six all the titans on you in three but by then it's already too late literally we're we're the only reason he isn't a keyblade master is because he didn't uh he didn't succeed at the test but let's be honest at this point he is one he just he just doesn't have that title so, Hades, it's already too late. You, you could have got him in one. You could have, but you just dropped the ball. But it's whatever. Uh, of course, at this point, you know, we eventually fight Cloud. And funny thing about Cloud's getup, that while he it does suit him, but, you know, if you're a fan, you already know that it's actually Vincent's, uh, Vincent's clothes from FS, uh, FF7. Originally, I believe Tetsuya wanted both Cloud and Vincent in the game, but couldn't fit them both in. So he was like, okay, Vincent, I'm going to give Cloud your clothes. I wonder what role Vincent would have played. I mean, would have been similar to Cloud? Would they, would they both kind of work together? 
um, to under Hades to uh, find would they have both worked together to fight Sephiroth? I don't think that would have been really Cloud's MO. I think he would have been focused on this is my battle, but yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of wonder what Vincent would have done. I think he would have still done something similar. Or maybe he would have tried to stop Cloud from working with Hades because anyone with, you know, a brain could actually see Hades is not someone you want to associate with. But that's neither here nor there. He always seems to... In every game, like BBS, he has... Oh, shoot, what is his name? Because he's also from Seven. Zack. He, he gets Zack first. He then gets Oren... And then he gets Cloud. And... Wait, he manipulated Terra a little bit too. But not as much. It was mainly Zack, Cloud, and Orin. But anyway. I do miss this part of Cage where you had certain battles with alternate scenes. I wish that would come back. Because this fight with Cloud can be won... Actually... Hold up. There are alt yeah, there are alternate scenes, I'm pretty sure, because I think yeah, 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 yeah. I was I was trying to make sure but if you you can lose the fight with Cloud, but you'll still progress the story. The scene would just be a little different. So it ends the same way with Cloud being stomped on by St Cerberus, but I think it was cool that before that you can either see Cloud taking a knee, kind of similar to Leon can, and then he looks behind him and then pfft, pancake. Or the trio being on the ground as Cloud approaches for the finishing blow. But I don't think he actually... I don't remember him actually raising his sword or anything like that. I know he just walks forward, at least. And then he realizes... But how do you not hear this dog that's like the size of like 10 elephants? How do you... It's, it's like the scene in Jurassic Park where the T-Rex just literally sneaks up on the Velociraptor. You don't hear a single thing and he's just there. It's it's obvious, you know, it's the whole movie magic. It's the suspense because if you heard the T-Rex approaching, it would have it 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 would have it would not it wouldn't have been the same. It, it's definitely for shock value and I think it is better that way, but it's just funny thinking back about how different and how it how it would have really worked, but either way. Um so Cloud is, he's KO at this point. And as Cerberus comes in, ready to make the gang kibbles and bits, Herc comes in and holds the big boy up so we can regroup. Like he, he holds him up and yells Phil, yells to Phil to get us out of there. And everyone's kind of freaking as they're running at because, yeah, I mean, this isn't the biggest guy we fought. I mean, Sora's literal first encounter was fighting the dark side heartless and that was probably roughly the same size as Cerberus but he stood on you know just two legs but I don't know I mean it wasn't really Sora freaking out it was I remember correctly you really only heard Donald and Goofy freaking out when they're running but this was pretty crazy um we go in after we regroup Phil is worried about Herc Cause wait did wait 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 did Haiti did did her did Hercules fight Cerberus in the first movie? I don't remember him doing that. I think I don't think Cerberus was really that much involved in the first movie. 
in the animated series it was, but I don't remember, because I remember Herc fought the Titans, obviously. Then he fought, he like punched out Hades and knocked him into the River Styx. But yeah, yeah, if I remember correctly, he didn't fight. I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've seen Hercules, but I don't remember him fighting as an adult. I don't remember him fighting Cerberus at all. It was like in the in an animated series, he had multiple encounters with him. But either way, um, feels worried. Obviously, it's. I mean, it's 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 literally the guard dog of the underworld. Who wouldn't be nervous about that? And it's after that we finally get to go out. He. As we're about to make our way out there to help Herc, Phil is like, what, you're really going out there? And of course we say, yeah. And at this point, Herc is kind of literally back against the wall because he has Cloud. He has Cloud now and he's kind of at a, at a what's, it, what's the word? He's at a disadvantage because he has to worry about the guy on his back. His maneuverability is going to be off. So he's kind of backing up. He's trying to make sure. He's he's more so on the defensive now. And that's when we pop in. And for some odd reason. <laughs> for some odd reason. Herc just chills in the back. While we take on Cerberus. <laughs> like my dude. You could have just dropped off Cloud. You didn't. Like Phil could have taken care of him. And you could have popped back in and helped us out. No, he just was like, nah, the, the kid and the talking dog and dog, they, they can, yeah, they, they can take care of this guard dog of the underworld. Just fine. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're good. And I thought that, I thought that was really weird thinking about it now. I, I don't know why I'm just now thinking about this. Like this whole time that never crossed my mind that Herc literally just chilled in the back and just took a, he just took he took like a t- he took like a lunch break, I guess, and yeah, we take him out. We take we fo- we fortunately are able to hold our own against Cerberus. Actually, we do more than that. We we knock him out, and at that point, Phil finally puts respect on their names. He reads this certification and is like, "I now dub you guys Junior Heroes." Junior, so Donald, being the duck he is, he comes in. That sounded, that sounded disrespectful. <laughs> it sounded like I'm saying ducks are disrespectful. Like, okay, Donald being the person he is, he is like, what do you mean, Junior Heroes? Like, he's like a Paul. Like, why, why are we Junior? Like, I'm, I'm gonna like, aside from Sora, me and Goofy here are adults. Why are we being called Junior Heroes? So, of course, Phil has to explain, like, you guys aren't true heroes yet. You don't know what it means to be a true hero. You guys just started. And Herc says, "Ah, you just got to learn. You just got to learn what it means just the way I did. And Sora ends up saying, okay, we'll start by proving ourselves in the game. And Sora, that's not true. You prove yourself doing much, much more than that. You 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 literally save the universe. You you, you literally save your your universe. That's how you proved you're a hero, not fighting in a bunch of different cups. But anyway, I, now that I'm thinking about it, that that line was a little off. Like he 
I mean, it makes sense because they have to keep the world order as they, as Donald Goofy said. So mentioning that they're on this escapade to save the universe would have been misplaced. But I think it would have been kind of funny if he said that and then Goofy just covers his mouth like, nope, 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 world order. We got to keep the world order. They cannot know we're from another world. But anyway, they like, like we all know, they kind of gave up on that whole world order thing and two. And onward, I mean, they kind of mentioned it a little bit, but they kind of they basically did stop caring as much, which is kind of funny. But of course, uh, we come back to these to this world for a bunch of different times, and I think I'll just mention them here honestly. So, as we progress, um, more cups are unlocked, and we can't progress at this point because obviously, with fighting Cerberus, it did a number on the Colosseum, so it's out of commission for a little bit. I think by the time we finish Agrabah, we're able to come back and do the Phil Cup, then there's the Pegasus Cup, the Hercules Cup, then there's the Hades Cup, and then there's the secret bosses you can do, which is the Ice Titan, Sephiroth, and I think that's it. And overall, they're very good. They offer great rewards. Uh, my favorite is definitely... The Hercules Cup and the Hades Cup because you get the best stuff out of those. Um, so obviously they're not too bad. They progress. They get more enemies with them. I don't remember what you get with the Phil Cup and <clears throat> uh, excuse me, the Phil Cup and Pegasus Cup. I think you just get magic upgrades. And then in the Hercules Cup and Hades Cup, you get you get some amazing stuff. You get uh, Herc Shield when you beat Herc in the Hercules Cup after you fight him, which was pretty cool. But, of course, Sora, with his machismo, is like, yo, guys, I'm going to do this myself. I want to fight Herc, this demigod, one-on-one. -on -one. And somehow manages to win. Like, Herc even says, I wasn't even holding back. And I just thought, whoa. You probably shouldn't have said that out loud. You got, you're a demigod. You got beaten by a 14-year-old with barely any experience. That's not good, dude. Uh, you've been trained for 10 plus years by Phil. <laughs> that's that's not a good look. You're you're not you're disrespecting yourself, but also Phil. But either way, it's funny. I mean, he's he's just that surprised, and I can't blame him. I would, I would who wouldn't be surprised at that. So there's a different there's like a different scene. Like Herc says something different that I just found out the other day because it happened to me. And I'm trying to remember what it was. Like he said, oh, what did I what did I miss? It was something along the lines of I I forgot to do something, so his lines were different. But I'm trying to remember what it was. Uh let me look this up real quick. Okay, so unfortunately, I paused the recording and I went back to try and see what the alternate scene was and exactly what he said. It was something, it was definitely in the cutscene after you beat the uh, Hercules Cup. And he says something different. It's something small, but I caught it. I'm like, he didn't say that before, but it was because I forgot to do, I either forgot to do something or I did something else first instead. Um, I think it was something to do with unlocking the world first. I think that's what it, oh, 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 I remember now. 
it just it just dawned on me so i didn't beat one of the cups so i think what happened was i i beat the fill cup i think i forgot about the pegasus cup and then i beat the hercules cup and because of that his dialogue was changed but i don't remember what he said and then and then I was able to unlock the world. But yeah, I, I wish I could remember what it was. If you guys remember what it is, let me know. I'd appreciate it because it, it, I, I can't find it. I looked it up and I just can't find the alternate scenes. But it is cool that they did that. Like depending on how you play the game, because you don't have to go uh, the straight and narrow. You can actually play it um, a little differently and different cutscenes will play out. Like if you do Monstro differently, um, if you do it in a different order than what the game intended, things will happen and also well i'll talk about monstro at a later point because there's scenes i don't want to i want to have actual stuff to talk about in that world but i thought it was funny too that when you know phil goes wow i can't believe he beat cerberus hercules is like uh actually i kind of wore down the the I, I already wore the dog down by the time the little guy jumped in and i'm like really he didn't seem that wore down when worn down when we were fighting him, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. Last time I saw your back was against the wall, so you, we got some you got some explaining to do, buddy. But either way, uh, but yeah, I think her, the Hercules Cup was really fun because you get, I think you get the Chocobo, you get the Metal Chocobo in that one because yeah, because Cloud is in that fight, and then in the Hades Cup you get so many things from the the Lionheart from fighting uh you get the Lionheart Keyblade from fighting Leon and you you get the Mithril Shield I think or no Genji you get the Genji shield when you beat her him and Yuffie. I think you I think they said yeah they fight separately because in the Hades Cup if I remember correctly you fight Leon and Cloud instead and I think you fight Yuffie by herself and that's when you get the Genji shield and then you get some type of staff for uh, Donald. So really, really fun stuff. And I remember I used to watch a bunch of, bunch of playthroughs people would do it, and they would skip the Coliseum. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're missing out on all this fun stuff. Even if you did, like, cuts in the playthrough, you know, you, know, you don't have to record everything, but at least show off the dope stuff you can get from this. And, yeah, I get it. The Hades Cup is long. I mean, it's a hundred different levels but at least there's checkpoints because all the cups before that were about 10 levels but the Hades cup ooh, but that is like the pinnacle way to level grind in the game which is phenomenal and I cannot stand how they did it in 2 where you don't really get experience like you can level up your summons and your um, drive form if you want but I don't remember you really getting the usual experience points, which was kind of lame. I always thought that was stupid when games don't allow you to level up when there's, you know, a leveling system in games like that. But either way, um, but I, I guess the saving grace is you can at least level up that stuff. And after that, the Ice Titan was pretty cool, very intimidating. I mean, I remember the first time I, like, when you beat the Hades Cup, I believe that's when, I believe that's when it's unlocked. After you beat the Hades Cup and you fight Hades, that was kind of funny. And <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you did it the way I did originally, um, I beat the game first, 
And then I went back to Olympus <laughs> Coliseum. I think I did that the first time because I'm like, man, this is tough. I'm too I'm too underleveled for this. And of course, the way the story goes, you can't, you know, it, it, you have to. Um, oh, you know what? Back then, the save point took you back to right before the final battle. So you all that experience gained, you wouldn't keep anywhere. So I went through the final world and all that extra experience points I took with me to the Hades Cup. But that was after I beat the game the first time. Oh, okay, so that's what I did. Um, but that was this was my first original playthrough, and I thought that was crazy. But um, back when I did that, and it was just funny because I'm like, dude, I beat everybody else, and I just have you left. You're going to be toast. So it, it was just funny how cocky he was. Like, hey, here I am finally here to take you out. I'm like, dude, you didn't even take it. You couldn't you couldn't even take out Hercules. Like you'd even bother. It's just like you could have popped in before the Hades cup, but I got to admit that was a smart thing to do. Like have all these fights before you. That was smart. But at the same time, it's like, yo, why is cloud Yuffie and Leon fighting in the Hades cup against us? But no, I'm joking. It's, it's a, it's the game. It's the, this is not where logic is meant to be. So, um, after that, but yeah, with Ice Titan and Sephiroth, originally when you first are choosing them, it's just question marks there. And when you click on them, you just go, okay, whatever this is, I don't know. And I remember each time Chip and Dale would always remind you, hey, there's something to do in Olympus Coliseum. They would always tell you, which was really cool. Like, Olympus Coliseum was the first episodic world before... They were episodic worlds in, in two. And it's kind of a shame three didn't get that. But I mean, it made sense why three didn't get that because the worlds were so massive and each world was could have been a, a, a game, a small game. But you, you get the picture. And yeah, just seeing the Ice Titan just crawl or just walk into the Coliseum after his hands reach over the top. And it's just like, what? But at this point, you know, before that, in the Hades Cup, you fight the Rock Titan. So fighting a Titan isn't anything new to you at this point. But at the same time, why is the Ogre, not the Ogre, why is the um, Cyclops, why does he never make an appearance in the games? I never understood that. He didn't even appear in 3 and 3 was the closest to the first movie as the series ever went. And we never see the Cyclops. And the Cyclops was, uh, he, he, dude, you, he was such a big moment in that, in that, in that, uh, movie. Like the Cyclops almost killed Herc and Hercules managed to take him down without any powers. Like that was a momentous, that was a huge moment in the movie because Herc was able to prove that he was able to do this without his powers. And I thought that was cool going back to how two was where he kind of lost his morale and that kind of weakened him severely until he regained himself when he saved Meg in two. I, I liked how they referenced that um, in their own way based off the movie, but I wish they did something. I, I kind of wish they saved that for three. Um, I, I don't really have any major issues with how they told the story in three, but I, I really wish three 
was a bit closer to the movie. But I understand how it would have been hard to do that based off of what they already had established uh, with one and two. So either way, the way they did it was still chef's kiss. Um, So the Titan was really fun, very difficult. Um, I like how, I mean, the only way you could do it was the whole um, area. And I didn't really talk about Cerberus that much. My bad. I'll circle back to that as the final part here. And then, of course, you got uh, Sephiroth. This was before I even knew who Sephiroth Sephiroth was. And I'm just like, who is this guy? He has a big sword. He has one wing. How does he fly at all? Why does he only have one wing? Who took his other wing? You know, this is before I realized. And then, of course, when Cloud appears, I'm like, he has one wing, too. What does this mean? Are they twins? Is that why they only have one wing each? I have no idea. I was really confused. Then eventually I realized what Final Fantasy was because I did research after that once the internet was a thing. <laughs> Surprisingly, I was as big as I was in the Kingdom Hearts. I, like, I knew they were Final Fantasy characters, but I just didn't get a chance to really check out Final Fantasy until years later. But finally, even though I started KH1 back in when it first came out, I didn't beat, uh, I didn't beat Sephiroth until what was it was it when the first 1.5 came out or did I beat him on no 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 no. I beat him on the PS2 I beat him on the PS2 Um, when I imported the Final Mix version from Japan I beat him on the Japan copy of Final Mix that's what it was because that's because in the original one you don't really get anything for beating him I think you got experience points but there was nothing else after that but in the Final Mix version, you beat him, you get a Keyblade, and then you get the uh, cutscene with Cloud fighting him. And I'm like, dude, I have to beat him now. Like before, I'm just like, uh, eventually I'll beat him, and I just forgot about it. And then, you know, a year later when the Final Mix version came out, I was like, I gotta do this. I need that Keyblade. And I was mad when that Keyblade was weak, but it looks cool. That's honestly one of my favorite KH1 with Keyblades. I don't remember what I said about it in the first video when I was ranking the Keyblades, but dude, that, that's a that's a dope Keyblade. I wish that returned in future games. But yeah, he was tough. It took me, I, had to, I, I literally had to be level 100 when I beat him the first time, and it was still, it was still such a struggle. Uh, nowadays, I think the, I think the, I think the lowest I beat him was like level 80 something, I think. And of course, that was a struggle, but obviously, between my current self and my nine-year-old self, <laughs> you know, 20 years of difference, yeah, I, I would like to say I've gotten a little better since then. But yeah, going back to Cerberus as the final part of this episode, um, Cerberus was fun. And as much fun as he was in 2, fighting him alongside Orin, I think I liked the first I think I like the first version better just because I don't know it was just something about I mean don't get me wrong two's fight is phenomenal especially because that was like the first time I found out that you could play as Mickey and I'm, I was just like what oh this game is I, at that at that point I was like dude two just keeps getting better and better I can play as King Mickey what um but I think just because it was the first time you fought Cerberus and, you know, thinking back to the movie, it's like, whoa, I get to fight this guy. Oh, shoot. 
So he was nuts though. He can and he can get really spammy, like going from those homing uh, flat fireballs to. You know what? I'll say this. Kingdom Hearts 2 has the best overall battle with Cerberus, but I think this experience uh, facing the first time is what I like the most in one. But I, st- I still favor, of course, the second one. But the first, you know, up against him holds a special thought. Because he, honestly, he's more, I think he's more ferocious in uh, the second game. Well, obviously, because it's it's, he's, there's more legwork and, you know, the, the reaction commands that are just amazing. But, yeah. So, you get, like, from the homing fireballs to him, just, (laughs) that loogie of darkness, he just unleashes onto the ground and it just comes up and follows you. Pretty crazy stuff. And, of course, he does the, the Sikkim thing where he just, where they just lunge all their heads at you. And you can get some good tech points doing that, but pretty fun. And you get a decent bonus. Oh, I really wish we got a Cerberus Keyblade. That would have been really cool. Like, imagine if, you know, the headpiece was the first dog, then you had the other two dogs around the hilt, the the dog heads around the hilt, and, like, the blade is the flame coming out of the dog's mouth. That would have been really, really cool. Like, imagine in that game you get that Keyblade. Like, I, as much as I love the Olympia Keyblade in the first one, I would have gladly have taken that over. Or even having them both would have been phenomenal. But um, without delving too much into the other iterations of Olympus Coliseum, I think this was definitely a fun outing. It definitely adds some a little bit of replayability because you have the choice of entering... Um, the cups with uh, as the trio and you get these cool little uh, victory poses and sayings from all the characters that uh, cycle through as you do each level and of course you get these trophies you get to collect I always love that where they're up in the stage they're up in the in the seating area and they're like we're the champs and they have the uh, <laughs> they have the trophies I always really like that and I love that uh, Phil just has each trophy in the vestibule as you unlock them, and it's kind of like that's awesome. It's kind of like you know your your parent when you when you do a little nice art project and they hang it on the fridge. I kind of get that feeling like Phil's kind of like Sora's dad, since Sora apparently doesn't have a dad. <laughs> he only has a mom, or at least he only reference. Actually, he never references his mom. The only reference we have is one where she's like, "Hey, Sora's don't, uh, dinner's ready," and that's it. That dinner is cold and, and moldy by now. No, she obviously would have thrown that out, or would she? Maybe she always thought he'd come back one day and just left it there and tries to feed it to him when he's when he's back. Like, I, I made your favorite lasagna. It's right here. And it's just like all black and blue from all the mold. I'm, talking, I'm thinking too much into this. I'm disgusting myself as I'm... Ugh. Ugh, man. But anyway. Um... Yeah, I, I really like that, how you can do that, or you can go in um, as just Sora for an added difficulty. But yeah, Hades, the Hades Cup was crazy in one, and I do like, as you progress through the cups, there's the lighting that changes, you know, it goes from dawn to dusk, and yeah, I mean, the Hades Cup is the best way, honestly, that I thought, in, in one to level up. 
And, you know, by the time you get to the end, you know, you you've gained a lot of levels even as you progress, you know, because as you progress, you more XP is needed. But I think I'll end it there. This level brings back a lot of memories. I cannot wait to actually go back and play this uh, game again. It's been a while. And what I what I should do is actually play it along these episodes. So I am not going off of just my memory <laughs> and what we and uh, Wikipedia tells me. But I'll get on the good foot soon. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, let me know um, whether it's via email or um, on Instagram. What your favorite moment in uh, the Olympus Coliseum world? And it doesn't have to be just in one. It can be uh, throughout the series. Let me know what your favorite and least favorite moment uh, throughout the series. And actually, it could be moments throughout the series. Because uh, I would love to hear what you think and... I'll give you a shout on the next episode and it'd give me something uh, else to talk about too. I'd love to engage uh, my listener base here, but there we are until the wind hits our sails yet again. Let your heart be your back. Wow. I messed that up. Oh, that's horrible. That is horrible. I want to edit that out, but I'm so lazy. Let your heart be your guiding key. This is a okay radio. Signing off. I should have said that first and then let your heart be your guiding key. Let your heart be your guiding key. Ooh, another chapter concludes. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to help support it by leaving a rating if possible, subscribing, and sharing the podcast with others. That way more people can see it, whether it's either from you or in their suggestion feed. And if you leave a review on the show, you'll get a shout out in the next episode. But due to my podcasts being available not just on multiple platforms, but multiple countries, to ensure I see a rating... Uh, either send me a, an email with the subject AOK Radio or messaging me on Instagram, which is i.escape.i. So my social medias, my other social medias, I should say, and other projects like I Believe in Monsters, my short story narrations, and more are linked in the show notes below. And feel free to message me with any suggestions for future episodes. And if you ever want to be featured on one as well to talk about whatever subject, Hit me up there as well. Special shout out for Emac for uh, producing the beat. Always love you. That is used as my outro and the song featured in my EP Canvas District. The intro song used is titled The Unstoppables, produced by me. A link to all those is also in the show notes. This is AOK Radio, signing off. There is always more to seek. So, Go forth and seek it.